Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Is episodes once a week not enough for you? Or are you looking for more technical information from the Mixing Music Podcast? Well, guess what? Now you can. You can subscribe to our exclusive content and triple the amount of episodes that you get access to. That's right. Instead of the free once a week episodes, you get three episodes a week for only $4 a month or $40 a year. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive to get access to those episodes now. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host DK and with me as always is my lovely co-host... Loquacious Lou. Wait, Loquacious. Uh, remind me, that means uh, someone who expands in further detail without the need to, or am I getting that overly? Just done? means it means you mean it means you talk a lot. That's yeah. See, there we go, yeah. and I'm doing it actively. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were, uh, I was, we were teasing you at a party and calling yeah. you Loquacious at a at a party recently. I'll take it. I'll take it. It's accurate. And I was like, hey, that starts with an L. That works really well. Is it, is it teasing or is it commenting when it's accurate? Both. I think hmm. I think it was a form of we were definitely playing. Yeah. But uh it was just a little too real. <laughs> Take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> nah, honestly speaking, it's kind of funny cuz even um I'll visit family like on my dad's side of the family uh-huh. and be like, "Man, you could just wind this guy up and he won't shut up." And I'm like, "Aw." Thanks, yeah. guys. I do like that. After immediately after we said that you you start stories twenty four hours before the important part of the information. That's exactly what I did. You, you, and you did it. And after I said it, you're like, okay, I'll skip forward ahead. And Castillo talked about it. <laughs> what could have been, what could have started is I was at a club, went from. <laughs> <laughs> like, so me and my friends wanted to go out. <laughs> it's just funny. But it's anyway, all about the context. It was, it was, it was just so, it was such good, good comedic timing. Anyway. Oh, yeah. We're going to. Well, I mean, that, that's why we do so well with the podcast is that we're both quite loquacious, right? We're both we're both pretty mm. long-winded. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, as a kid that studied uh, to play trumpet, uh, wind is definitely something you need. So for long-winded things, trumpet playing might be a good help for that. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> the so saying. You got to have good breath control. All righty. Well, this episode is actually going to be really useful. This is something that I wish I heard... Um, when I was learning, you know, this is something that you don't really think about until you climb up the ladder and then you're like, okay, this might be just a good idea to do in general. We want to talk about what, as a mixer providing a service, what sort of deliverables you should always consider, how to bounce stems, um, like, you know, bouncing an instrumental version, a clean version, what that really means, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. 
So this is all going to be based around the idea that almost every sync licensing company, for example, wants, you know, an instrumental, a TV mix if there's background vocals like yep. oohs and ahs, non, non, um, non-lyrical vocals. Yeah. And then... You know, they want the stems. Well, it depends on the format exactly that they want. But like, yeah. if you, even if you'd know that this artist isn't asking for that stuff, if you're using some sort of cloud service to upload and backup bounced files, like for mm. example, we use FilePass. Oh yeah. You know, mixingmusicpodcast.com slash FilePass. I have a bunch of people using that subscription with that, with that link. That's how Lou and I like keep money from falling between the cracks. You pay yep. a cloud service to deliver files. They can't download the files unless it's paid for. So it's a really great system to do like demo mixes where you can you can mix something and they only have to pay for it if they like it because they can't download it until it's paid for. So it's actually you know really... that actually came in handy the other day for something that I forgot I did two months ago. Hmm. Usually, um, if I work well enough with somebody and it's like, oh, the artist is going to take care of it, but I'm the mixer or whatever. It's like, all right, cool. Listen, I'm just going to go ahead and knock it out for you. That way we just get everything done on time. I'll send it off. And either way, they can't download it until they pay. Um, I didn't know that they hadn't paid yet. I didn't know because I didn't have to keep track of it. I could just send it off and just be like, you know what? When they pay, they pay and they'll get access to their files then. Then I get a call uh, from the guy. He's like, by the way, uh, the song is dropping in three days. I'm like, oh, no way. That's cool. And like an hour after that call, I see a payment go through for the master. Nice. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even, when he told me that it was coming out, I thought they already had the master. Yeah, nice, dude. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it also, yeah, because the website will show you which ones are unpaid or partially yep. paid or whatever. So it's, yeah. it's a It eventually gets buried after so much work. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> I oh. should actually probably go through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so the episode is not about FilePass, but FilePass does help a lot. Shout out um, to those so guys. So we use FilePass. So what we do is every time I finish a mix and they approve it, I will always bounce uh, various different types that are required. Um, preface before all of this stuff is that each individual company, whether it's a sync or some sort of agency or talent management, it doesn't matter, or uh, obviously a label, yep. each company has different requirements. And what we're talking about is like the baseline average between all of them. Yeah. For example, most companies don't require an acapella, but- might as well just bounce an acapella anyway. You know what it's good for? Sync. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, a lot of sync companies don't even ask for it. So it's like, yeah. it's, they want more like the TV mix, which is again, the instrumental plus non-lyrical vocals. So oohs mm -hmm. and ahs and harmonies if there's, as long as there's no lyrics. Yeah. Right. And then what an instrumental is, I mean, by just the instruments by itself, um, things of that nature. So so every company is different. So if you are submitting to a company or a label or management team of some sort, just realize that they have their own systems. And yeah. what I have in front of me is the systems and the PDF specifically for Capital Records, um, which is one of the companies that I submit to quite often, which is under Universal, for, if, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure. Um, in general, with like, higher level mixing most of these companies um especially for sync film and tv like at minimum they want 48k mm -hmm. so that's something to consider as well like when you're mixing you always want to mix 
whatever whatever that you get. You can even upsample it if you need to. I do I do upsampling every once in a while. So if I use like a less if there's like a less professional producer who bounces me 4116, I will mix, I will upsample to 48, convert the files. Um, I know it doesn't do anything, but it's just because I know that the companies eventually ask for that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just something to consider. Anyway, Lou, what can you talk about um, the usual standard alt alt mixes that you always print? So let's say, sure. let's say I'm I'm a client, right? Mm-hmm. And I hired you to mix. We're on mix two or whatever, and mm-hmm. I approve the track. Yeah. Okay, it's done. We're done mixing. What files typically do you recommend bouncing? Uh, so. I'm going to list them on based on my organization, um, but obviously everybody's priority list is different. But um, I actually have a template where I just set my routing and stuff uh, for mixing, but it's already like consolidated down to the print uh, deliverables. Um, so drums, bass. Um, so stems. We'll, we'll just generalize to say stems. Yeah, yeah. stems-wise, it'll be like drum bus, bass bus, um, uh, usually it's going to be like keys and then miscellaneous melodies. So things like, uh, strings or other things of that nature, sustained melodic information. Um, and then SFX, um, which is usually special effects. So it could be like risers, white noise, booms, things that wouldn't necessarily be an instrument per se, but rather an effect from said instruments. Um, and then you have lead vocals, backing vocals, um, uh, this one's kind of a variable one. Some people want the lead and backing vocals with their effects printed in with them, and some people want them separately. Um, typically, I will give them separate unless otherwise asked for it because some people want the vocals dry um, so that they can do whatever post stuff or any future stuff in the on their own without having to worry about a delay that's ringing out in the middle of a line. Um, and then uh, that's, let's see, acapellas in general. So all vocals, no music. Instrumentals, all music, no vocals. Um, a performance version, which typically on my end of the request is usually just take the lead out. They still want the backing vocals and all that kind of stuff. They still want harmonies. Um, and then I also get requests for a all but drums and bass version. Um, usually meaning that they're going to perform with like a drummer live and they That's have a, a bass common, player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they may not Especially. have like a keyboardist or the keyboardist is really just more of a filler player and more of a playback controller. Yeah. Um, and then a master. And then I don't always do the clean if I'm not asked for it. That's just a me thing because typically they'll let you know when they want a clean or a clean isn't always necessary. Not every song I work with has like profanity in it. Yeah. That's right. No. So, I mean, if if I'm if I'm talking about like I'm really fr- future proofing. So, assuming that there's no company that's specifically requesting it, I'm just future proofing this cloud. So, I even if someone asks for the individual files five years later and I've lost the entire thing, you know, I just want to make yeah. sure if I want it fully backed up. I mean, obviously the main mix. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm gonna, I don't typically do this, but if I'm trying to be extra, I'll do a pre-master as well. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, um, yeah. And obviously an instrumental acapella is typically the least asked for, but I'll, I'll do an acapella. Um, the TV mix, if there's non-lyrical yeah. background vocals, right? Um, 
I said instrumental as well. I, and then clean mixes, if if it is, mm-hmm. if there is a clean mix. Um, anything else other than the pre-master, I'll just do them. If if I've already mastered the track or put a limiter on it, mm-hmm. the the only pre-master I'll use is the um, is is the main mix. Although if a label is specifically sending out mixes, uh, mm-hmm. for example, um, we the last mastering engineer that the label wanted to use was Dale Becker from mm-hmm. Becker Mastering. And, and uh, in that situation, I had to print a pre-master for everything. So instrumental, gotcha. TV mix, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if, if it's- Are if I'm just doing stem mastering? No, 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 no. Just just oh, the okay. various alt mixes. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, just the various alt mixes. So like a, typically the high-level mastering engineer will do the main mix, but as well as the, he'll, with, through the same mastering change, will print the instrumental, mm-hmm. the TV mix, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But um, just so it's all the same process, they'll usually send it all over pre-masters. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing as well. And then obviously we have the stems. Mm-hmm. Now again, the stems is going to be different for every single company. And especially naming is going to be really, really different for each company and each requirement. But in general, I think that some basic general guidelines that you can use is try to keep the stems less like 15 to 10 max. Like mm-hmm. if you can do, like you want to separate them as much as possible, but at the same time, the more you separate them, the more annoying it is for the person that is doing the editing or potentially using it. So um, hip hop songs, it's going to be like drums, melodies, vocals background vocals mm-hmm. and then like a really intricate pop song like for example like a, a michael jackson song mm-hmm. might be like uh bass drum keys strings horns mm-hmm. uh what else does he use percussion yeah uh car crashes I, i'm just kidding i don't know <laughs> a, a sound effects uh all the <gasps> Yeah, the just yeah. yeah, all those gotta be isolated. All those gotta be uh, ad libs on a second yeah. separate track. Ad libs, background vocals, dubs. You know, whatever you want to do. But like, most of the time, most of these companies don't want more than ten to fifteen. In fact, I work with a label who's like specifically doesn't want more than like twelve. They're like, if it's more than twelve, it's too many, and you need to redo it. Um, Because they'll also ask you to print more if you need to. Many companies also specifically. Almost always, including this, including Capitol Records, they'll say, we want the regular stem, bu- like the buses, mm-hmm. which by the way, this is one way of using buses and mixing, right? If you mix top down or have buses while you mix, usually it's really easy to print stems because you already have built your mixing stems by having buses. Like you have yeah. a drum bus, you have a bass bus, you have a keys bus, you have a strings bus, right? That's part of it. It's practical to mix in that sense um, for printing as well. Um, but a lot of companies, if they want anything separated out, it's always going to be drums. Yeah. So it's like they want the drum bus, but if you really want a future proof, but also expect that they may want all the individual drums separated as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Lou, you said you have a template for yes. printing all the stems out pretty quickly. Yeah, it's my mixing template. So everything gets organized and categorized by what I typically get requested for. Anytime I know in advance what they're actually asking for that's different, then I'll modify that said template to add a group for that. But I use 
I use the subfolders. And then from mm. those folders, I'll actually do top-down mixing. Yeah. Because a lot of times I ask people to print exactly what they had and what they liked. And, um, like, you know, uh, shout out to Prestone. Uh, he'll actually send me two folders. He'll send me dry and wet. And I usually start with wet. And if there's an issue with something that's wet, then I'll recreate it with the dry or, you know, correct whatever I need to correct. Um, but that's kind of like the cool thing. Like typically he will let me know in advance what deliverables he needs. And it's usually the same. But once in a while there's a production where like, oh, we actually have this other element that I would also like a stem for. And it's like, great. No worries. I just create the bus. And then when it's time to print, I can actually highlight those folders uh, click bounce, and then it'll actually bounce those, assuming that there's nothing on the master bus yet. But um, if I want to actually do everything through the actual master bus, I use Bounce Butler, and I just create a separate session file so I can do each bounce individually. Bounce Butler has a free version with like limited capabilities, but it's a it's a like a software coding. It's a it's basically it's an, an Apple, Apple script. code. Yeah, it's an Apple script that yeah. bounces stems for you. It's um, not the most intuitive thing, but it's actually saves you a lot of time, a lot of fun. Yeah. Time. Our it, friend, uh, Shock, uh, worked on one with his friend that, like, they're not selling it or anything, but it's just one of those. Where, a song? Like, uh, no, a script. Oh, um, a script. Okay. Yeah. And the script worked really well. There's like a few things that uh, needed correction, but once he figured out how to correct it, I was like, oh, this is actually a little bit simpler. But depending on how my template is set up, depends if it fully works or not. We just found out that our workflow is quite a bit similar um but not exactly the same so the script didn't work as well on my end yeah so scripts yeah that's a whole nother conversation for another time if you really want i know some nerds that get into that but uh there's uh, a couple other things that i specifically want to talk about with yeah. these things things that people will get wrong almost the number one mistake is the point of the stems is when i import the stems in a session mm -hmm. It should sound fucking similar to the final mix. If not exactly the if same. If not exactly the same. I yeah. mean, and there's going to be a little bit because when you bounce the stems, it's not, unless you're like using some sort of side chain with the limiter and everything side chain the limiter, that's fucking annoying. You don't have to do that. Yeah. But the point is it should sound relatively the same. Um, this even goes to when you're printing individual tracks. Stems yep. and tracks are different. Stems is groups where uh, tracks is all the individual tracks. Yeah. Does that make sense? So yeah. I know that a lot of audio engineers like, did you bring the stems? Stems is actually the colloquial and informal way of saying the individual tracks. Mm -hmm. But real in real life, uh, stems is groups. Right, so I wanted to be clear about that. Anyway, even when uh, an artist or a producer sends me tracks, individual tracks, mm -hmm. if the point is, I want them to, I want it to sound exactly like the mix. So if they send me, here's the rough mix and the individual tracks. If I import the rough mix, I want it to sound basically the same as the rough mix. Yeah. Uh, unless I specifically ask for dry tracks, which I almost never do. Yeah. I almost never do. The that, only time that we really run into the issue of it not sounding exactly the same is the same reason that some engineers have opted out of heavy bus processing, which is like heavy compression on like the master bus, for instance. It's really hard to recreate that if you're just doing like the backing vocal group. Amen, yeah. You know, because it, the compression is not going to hit the same, so it's not going to actually, you know, squash or squeeze or hug it the same. And because of that, the only way around that is like what DK said, like the side chaining. Yeah. So um, on that note, you may find yourself doing less and less mix bus processing because yeah. that's stuff that's not going to 
come out in the stems. Yeah. Especially with Pro Tools, um, the only way, if you do a lot of mix bus processing, the only way to get stems to go through that mix bus processing, even if you don't do the sidechain thing, so it's each individual stem you go through, you have to print it, like, and if you, especially if you use outboard gear, you have yep. to print it 10, 8, 10 plus times for like one time for each stem that you're bouncing going through the mix bus. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have anything through your mix bus, what happens on Pro Tools is if you highlight the tracks that you want to bounce, the buses that you want to bounce, it just bounces directly out of that. It doesn't go yeah, through the doesn't. master bus or through any sort of auxes that you've, yep. that you've actually like uh, routed it to. It just does mm -hmm. the output of that track straight up. Yep. So... Um, if, for example, if you have like a drum bus that goes to an instrumental bus, which goes to a mix bus, and you have a lot of processing on that instrumental bus, and you have a lot of processing on that mix bus, what happens is, is that that final sound is not going to, that stem that you bounce, mm -hmm. if you want to do it the fast way, right, uh, shift, alt, shift, option, command, B. on Mac, yeah, B, which will um, bounce the individual tracks that you've highlighted, Uh it won't. It won't go through that stuff. It won't sound the same when you bounce the stem. Yeah. So, in order to save time, most a lot of engineers uh, will, for practical reasons, for bouncing, they'll mm -hmm. just go light on the mix bus or any sort of like instrumental bus or anything like that. Um, I mean, you do need you need to do what you have to do, but I wouldn't go super crazy with that because if you do need to bounce, it's just going to take a lot longer. Yeah. The most important thing is that the stem should sound similar to like together to the final mix. Yeah. Another thing that is really important, this happens all the time, is the stems don't match the length of the final mix. If the final mix yep. is three minutes and 41 seconds, the stems better be fucking three minutes yep. and 41 seconds, and they better start on the exact same millisecond. I'm just saying, if you're trying to get paid and you're still not using marker locations and things of that nature, because there is one second option on it, there's three options when you hit... Uh, I don't know what it is on a regular keyboard, but enter. This is specific to Pro Tools. I don't know if any other, but they probably other DOS yeah, probably have it, like do, memory uh, locations. Memory locations, and you can also do region select. Yeah. Uh, so you can like for me, point uh, nine nine point is always my bounce mix, uh, meaning that anytime I bounce the mix, it's always that's a point nine nine point is a quick key on the numpad. Yeah, and that's where I always Tools. set uh, on my template. That location is always automatically set. And then I can just edit what the end time is. Because my mixes always start at the top. I know some people do like two bars in or whatever, but mine always start at the top. So when they send me notes, I don't have to subtract time from it. So what I do, this is so simple, you're going to laugh. Mm -hmm. I mean, Negative I always time. have the rough mix, right? Uh -huh. And if I don't have a rough mix, I'll just do an audio track with mm -hmm. a, a block, like an empty block. I'll create an empty block mm -hmm. of just track. And so when I click on it, it highlights, right? Yeah. And so when I bounce the highlighted region, mm -hmm. it bounces just within that region. But anyway, most <laughs> nice, of the time yeah. with the rough, I'll like, what I'll do is I'll match the rough up to the individual tracks or the stems, mm -hmm. right? And I'll match it up so it's the first hit is exactly the same sample. Mm -hmm. And then when I do, if I do additional fade outs or anything out, mm -hmm. I'll cut the demo to be exactly that, that original demo yeah. that's at the top. I'll cut it to be the exact length of the bounce. Mm -hmm. And I will use that as a consistent measuring. So instead of doing memory mm -hmm. locations, I'll yeah. just have an audio block yeah. where I can just click on that yeah. and it'll automatically highlight that region. That's actually pretty smart. I like that. So instead, of, yeah. I don't use, I only use memory locations for, I mean, so uh, that's just another way too, yeah. um, and if if uh, if you need more, like they re they wanted to copy and paste some sections and make yeah. it a little bit longer, and the the rough mix doesn't have it, if you highlight that region, um, and then go beyond it, and then click 
right click, hit group, it, yeah. it extends the audio block. So then I just use that as the That's main true. reference. So every time I want to bounce something, I just highlight it and then I go semicolon, semicolon, which is down. If I need yeah. to go down, yeah. right, then I'll just use P, P or semicolon. A P which to is go up, and up down. semicolon to go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no. So it's just, I use that basis. So I, every time I bounce, I have the same exact highlighted region. So remember how I told you I was considering getting a, a one of the macro keyboards that you showed me that's like a numeric pad for the side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so a friend of mine apparently like a custom does one? that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So a friend of mine apparently does that, but he does it for memory locations. Oh, that's and cool. so each macro is actually the the macro number. Oh, and for it real? goes, uh, yeah. And then when he holds uh, option, it does the next layer. So one would be ten, two would be eleven, or mm-hmm. so. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah it goes um, zero to nine. But zero normally is play, but he set that one as his bounce range, and I was like. I hate you because now I want this and yeah, I know yeah. it's just an expense to hit a button. I already have the shortcut. I I don't need this, but I love it. Yeah, there's a, that's a whole nother world. I mean, I'm into building custom mechanical keyboards and they have custom like uh, macro pads where you can program yeah. the buttons to do an entire script of things or yeah. just simple Apparently Baines has one, not- um, Not the stream not deck? A, not, uh, he has the stream deck, but apparently he has- um, his uh audio suite and uh, his clip effects mm. uh macroed in yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's a which, pretty common yeah which i like that because it's like uh one reference that he had was like uh dsing there you, you know yeah. yeah i don't like uh the thing with you need i think you do need stream deck for audio suite stuff because unless there's like a hot key on the keyboard available for a command i don't think you can do mm, macro because I don't think so. it, like a custom macro pad you can't do clicks yeah or like menu things you know which by the way guys um there's i think stream deck is free on your phone isn't it I don't remember but I know to there's... install the macros for pro tools you need to pay for the ten dollars a month or whatever oh for. to uh what's it called i forgot what it is um but anyway I know what yeah because you andrew sheps is also on the platform too yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he has his own version of bounce butler on that yeah anyway um so as far as so another thing too so if you're literally like if you're trying to future proof right now i know that you may be in a position right now where none of your clients are asking for these files, but if you're trying to just get it right, what I would do and what I would recommend every single mixer, every single time, uh, and assuming that you are doing the mastering, and if you're not, you just send them the pre-master versions. Um, you just do the main mix, have it clearly marked, an instrumental mix, have it clearly marked, uh, an acapella, have it cle- clearly marked, uh, a TV track, if necessary. Not every song can have a TV track, yeah. um, because not every song has vocals that are non-lyrical, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if it has oohs and ahs in the background, print that out. Or if it has vocal samples, I would do an instrumental without vocal samples. Mm-hmm. So even if the beat has like a, a pitched up, sped up vocal sample, I would do with and without the vocal sample because mm-hmm. sometimes they don't want any sort of lyrics because that detracts from like a commercial. Like if there's yeah. a lady talking in the commercial or someone talking in the commercial, yeah. any sort of vocal in the song that they use in that commercial would be distracting. So I mean, wouldn't that just be the instrumental at that point? Yeah, yeah. So the yeah. instrumental with and without the... Uh, um, the, the vocal vo- samples, yeah, the vocal samples, vo- any sort of vocalese, and then um, last thing is if 
possible, like a clean mix. I would have that. I put those all in a folder called masters mm -hmm. or, or mixes. And then I would just put stems in. And if you really want to go the extra space or if you're paying, if you have just a lot of space on your cloud, um, then I would make a co duplicate copy of your Pro Tools session or of the session of your DAW mm -hmm. only. And I think, in, I don't know about any other DAWs. I can't speak for any other DAWs, but in Pro Tools, you can check um, says only save the active audio. So instead yeah, of doing so like instead of doing all the back audio that's not even shown up in the session, like the playlists and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, so can, it's yeah. a save copy in, and then you have uh, three selections, two of which is uh, audio files and main playlist only, and the third option being selected tracks only. So you can actually choose specifically to only have. Uh, certain tracks you can choose to make it the main playlist only which means that it's going to take all the audio that is shown and actively in use um, and then if you want to go as far as just clicking all audio files uh, that means that all audio that's within the session will be present um, but then it negates the use of main playlist only there you go. Yeah. Uh, lastly, if you really want to future-proof it, if you just directly upload the Pro Tools session, um, one thing that I you would always want to do is that if, for as far as mixing plugins go, the expectation is whoever's mixing it will have all your plugins. And if they don't, it's there. Typically, um, yeah, if you're... <laughs> that's part of the reason why you hire mixers because mixers have all the plugins. So if you, if you are wondering what plugins to buy and you're trying to spend money on Black Friday, just like... Wait until you have sessions, you receive sessions that you don't have the plugins for, and then buy those plugins. Yeah. That's a really solid way of collecting plugins over the years. Like Black Friday has already started for a bunch of companies. I know for Waves, even hardware companies already are sending me emails. Yeah. So, like, get plugins because, yeah, yeah that's a thing too. Like, if you receive a session from a label and it has plugins that you don't have, uh, you got to fucking figure that shit out. You can always ask for the individual stems and whatnot. You can always but ask like, for the demo. It's just friction that you don't want to add, add. Anyway, um, but the only, as far as like cultural expectations of, of plugins that you shouldn't expect anybody else to have is always MIDI or like virtual instruments. If you have MIDI or virtual instruments, always print those into audio files. That is, that is a baseline expectation. Um, and lastly, for individual tracks, even if you're just sending out the Pro Tools session, especially obviously for stems and the other alt mixes, alternative alternate mm -hmm. mixes, um, naming the files is super important. Naming oh the tracks. God, if I swear important. on my life, if I see an audio 23, yeah. audio 24, yeah. you are... A bounce underscore one, bounce underscore two. Yeah, you need it's, to, uh, that is, you belong to a certain level of hell. Yeah, that's why recently, like, I've been doing a lot of work with Preston recently, which is why I bring him up, uh, just because he's top of mind. But um, it's really fun because he goes out of his way to even name the, the, the track, the song, the tempo, and the key of every stem. And I'm like, that's very redundant because you could have sent me, like, two of those bits of info on the track title. Um, but... No matter what stem I'm looking at, at the very least, like I know what key, what tempo we're in, everything. But at no point do I ever see like audio underscore one. Like anytime he sends me notes, he knows what track, what the title of that track was, and I can go right to that track. Yeah, yeah. dude, using notes in the Pro Tools. Oh like my in god! Pro Tools, yes. Like if you have like if you're sending a session to like if you're a tracking engineer sending a session yeah. to a mixing engineer, yeah. feel free to use those notes and to say like, hey, we had issues with this one. That's why you see this is a different color or like whatever. Yeah. Like feel free. 
free to leave notes in. That's actually really, yeah. really helpful. It's extremely Setting each helpful. other up for success. Yeah. Um, not only that, but um, have you seen uh, individual track markers are now a thing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love it so much because I've been wanting that for years. I've been like Cubase had that in Pro Tools. Yeah, finally getting um, features that every DAW already has. Ten years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I will say though that as far as like the file naming and stem file naming, um, every company is slightly different. So just if you yeah. are, I mean, just make it super clear: song name underscore, artist name underscore, you know, mix type, you know, at the very minimum, and then like artist underscore song name underscore. You know, uh, if it's a stem, you might even include tempo underscore, yeah. uh, the stem description, bass stem, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, just like make it as long as it's clearly marked that, you know, if, even if you have to go back and grab them 10 years later, just as long as they're clearly marked, um, you may have to rename them for each individual time that you send it out to various different management and companies anyway. So yeah. at the very least, we just haven't done an episode about alt bounces. And that's just something that I wish I did from the beginning. Cause yeah. at the beginning I would only give them the final mix and like, Three years later, when the song, when the artist is finally getting professional enough to give their entire uh, portfolio to a management company, the management company is asking for stems. I'm like, I don't even have the hard drive. I don't even know where to look. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, ah, like I wish I had those yeah. bounced and backed up, or at least like I sent it to them for them to download so they had backups of that, you know? What was good is, uh, so anytime I'm doing DDP encoding, uh, which... For anybody that doesn't know, DDP encoding is when you actually encode like UPC the metadata, the, met, the yeah, yeah, the metadata behind the audio yeah. file. You, like you, you want to be doing this if you're not going through a streaming platform to get your ISRC codes, or you want better control of how you're you know choosing to release the music. You want to do your own coding. Um, it just makes it easier versus like oh, well, the version of the song that has the code embedded in it is only on streaming platforms. I actually don't have a master file with the ISRC Oof. codes and stuff like that. And that becomes an issue when you're sending files directly out for like uh, playlisting on like radio stations and things like that. But um, I had a client call me this weekend um, saying, hey, this Christmas song is coming out. And it's... I wouldn't say it's like, oh my God, it's a big one. It's not like Chris Brown. But for me, it's a big one because it's one of my favorite celebrities since I was growing up that I got to work on this one with. And they actually came and recorded it at the studio. So like, for me, this is kind of a special Christmas one. Yeah. But he asked me a very specific question. He's like, hey, do you have the ISRC codes to the song? And I'm like, let me double check. And I was at the gym. And by having a shortcut on my phone for FilePass, I was able to actually go on to FilePass, look at the zip file that I had uploaded of the DDP session, and in there was the PQ sheet. And the PQ sheet shows you all the ISRC codes and metadata for every song that you coded. Once again, even if it's just the stems or just little bits of info that they're asking you and paying you for, you should have a backup of that. Yeah. Because... That is what made the difference between them getting it to the radio station that night by deadline or not. And if you're not able to help them get to deadline, even on a short notice, it's not your fault that they're asking you for this at last minute. I, I understand that. But you are that much more of their friend and hero when you're able to. It's a really easy way to win them over just yeah. by being prepared. It's once again going above and beyond without noticing it at first. It's a it's an industry filled with underprepared creatives. And if you can be yeah. the one solid foundation, the pillar of hope that is always overly prepared, that will really, really help you out. Oh yeah. 
in situations and honestly will get you gigs more than you can understand. Um, but as far as ISRC codes, I want to be very brief about that as far as I understand. Um, it is the publisher's job to provide the ISRC code. So when, uh, typically speaking, it is the mastering engineer's job to encode the metadata into the final masters. Yep. Um, but that's typically not taken care of by the mastery engineer anymore. It's usually taken care of by the distributor. So when you go to DistroKid, mm-hmm. um, by the way, mixingmusicpodcast.com slash DistroKid, if you're trying to get a discount off of your yearly subscription there, if you go to DistroKid and they want to submit music, um, they will ask you if you already have an ISRC, ISRC code. Most people don't. Yeah, most people don't. If you are a label and you're you are the publisher, um, you may register to get your own ISRC codes. ISRC.com. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, is that what it is? I don't yeah. remember. You can get it. I think I have my own ISRC codes too that I haven't used in a while. Yeah, I think they give you like a hundred thousand on your order. Yeah, and you have to do each a new. You have to register a new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think like the they give you like the, a, a PDF of which ones you yeah, use and you cross them per, off as you use them per registration. I think is like twenty five bucks. I don't remember what it is. Anyway, yeah. um, so it's like. If the label is going to send you this IRC codes or the metadata to encode into the bounce, that's typically the master engineer's job. And that could be done in software outside. I don't think Pro Tools does encoding. You can use things like uh, Waves Labs, which is made by the same creators as uh, Nuendo and Cubase. Uh, You can do it in DDP Creator by Sonoris. Yeah, it's a a separate Hofa has another cheap one. And they also have a free one that's kind of limited in what it can do, but... Um, Hofa, Sonoris, and um, uh, Waves Lab yeah, would be r- the top three that I see in the industry. For like the older heads, you know how like when you had MP- MP3s that were like really high quality on your MP3 player, it would show the image of the album, the yeah. album image. It would show you the song name yep. and the album name, the composer, the composer, all the like this. That's the metadata behind the MP3 or the wave file. Which, by the way, is for anybody that does do DDP creation, which I don't know how many of y'all do, but the cheat code to crediting people that wouldn't normally pop up in the liner notes is the comments section. Because if you go on your computer and you get more info, comments pop up. And so I make sure every mixing, uh, mastering, and any kind of engineers that are included on the production are mentioned in the comments just to make sure that they actually pop up outside of like, oh, well, they're not a composer. They're not an artist. They're not a performer. I've never done that a single time. Yeah. Maybe I should. But that that being said, like, there's no easy way to do that in Pro Tools. Not and in, in Pro most Tools. Daws, in yeah. just Wave Lab, Sonoris, and Hofa. Hofa being the cheapest at, like, think at, like, 60 bucks. Sonoris being the most expensive because it's only DDP creation at, like, 600 by the way, by the way, anybody listening right now, that's not something that we recommend you do. Like if you no, if you no, have no, access no, no. to do that, that's like a cool bonus thing. But don't feel like you're missing do, out. If you get paid like to do it, out. then great. If you don't get paid to do it, don't even bother with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I get paid to do it, so yeah. don't don't worry about it. Again, if you are not your own publishing, if you do not own a label, you probably do no. not have your own metadata to begin with, and that's what the job of these distributors do. And so to now, be honest, most of the people that ask me for this are usually people older than me. Yeah, there you go. So. Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a, it's yeah. an old school way of doing it. So now, if you again, if you upload through DistroKid, they take care of all the metadata for you yep. and encode it as you upload to their website, and they distribute it to Spotify. Um, they take care of putting in the information that you typed onto their website into the encoding of the final file that they upload. Yep. So um, don't worry about that. Um, 
I think that's kind of it as far as uploading and bouncing alt stems. Uh, I think the only thing that I want to mention is like clean versions. Just double check. They yeah. rarely ever need it. But sometimes, and this is only if they're like really explicit about it, yeah. there's a difference between a clean and a squeaky clean. Sometimes they ask yeah. for a squeaky clean. Sometimes. I think I've only been asked once in my entire- I think the squeaky clean is specifically for TV. I don't know like what it is. music video. But I mean, clean is regular swearing. Right, mm. uh, damn shit, fuck. I ass, think you hell. can still say goddamn. Um, no, no, no. I would just, I would just, I would just cut everything. Like, I, it's there's no point in like, oh, uh, damn is a light word. Well, and this is also country dependent too. Yeah. So like so Australia, like our friend Jonah Australia. just came back from playing with uh, Rich. I think goddamn is name? censored unless. Uh, well, it used to be at least. Yeah, it doesn't Rich matter. Brian. But it, he told me that like, depending on the context of the same word. Depends if it could be allowed to be said in China. Um, so the same word is allowed and not allowed, depending on the context of the phrasing. I would, I would, if you're going to have to bounce just one version, I would just steer clear of keeping all yeah. of the, even the low swear words. Um, I would just bounce those out because, like, nobody's going to listen to the clean version anyway. And not the ones me. that are like, the ones that are, um, they probably don't want Kids to hear anything. Pop. Anyway, so <laughs> then there's the hyper clean version. Usually like squeaky cleans or hyper clean versions, they want to take out any sort of references to like drinking or smoking. So if there's like, we're getting drunk on the, they want you to take out drunk. They want to say, we're getting crunk on a. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've had to do the, the vocal replacement uh, mixes oh, as right, well, yeah, where yeah. they send me A version and Clee version. Yeah, if they do vocal replacements, they will send that to you beforehand so you know what's going on. Yeah. No, like, to be honest, four out of five, nine out of ten times, they just want you to just mute it. And you can always do, like, the the verify or, like, the tape stops and starts. <clears throat> you can always do that sort of stuff. But honestly, at the bare minimum, just mute it. Yeah, sometimes those, it. like, effects are more distracting than they're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, just mute it. You don't want, yeah. like, it's not it's not that important. Uh, every Like, the last two where they replace the songs, the artist mm -hmm. is like, what's the point of having the explicit version? Let's just use the clean version. Yeah. So it's like, that became the main mix. Yeah. It's like, so, uh, like, if you're really good at, like, there's there's something I'm not good at, and I praise those that are, like, vocal chop edits have never been in my strong house. Um, and again, so, that's something that, like, a producer might do. Yeah, so, like, if you can make clean edits sound cool, honestly, I... This applause is for you. Also, clean edits are not half as important as it used to be. Like, yeah. Like, you have to go out of your way to find clean edits of songs anymore. I'm Censorship was a bigger deal 30 years ago. I 20, used, I used chat ago. GPT to update me on what words were allowed uh, about like a week or two ago. And because the free version of ChatGPT is back in 2021, um, it's like, well, these were the words that were allowed, but there have been recent changes. I was like, oh, God damn it. I don't want to have to do the research. Yeah. There's uh it's it's wild. So anyway, just make sure you communicate and you just go the extra mile. Um, having these bounces done, uh, anything mm -hmm. anything outside of the scope of what we talked about, that's fairly normal. Just make sure that you actually. I swear on my life, if they give you a PDF of how to bounce stuff, read it. Do yeah. not. I don't care if you're the dumbest human being on planet Earth. You got to read that shit and you got to be really precise. Honestly speaking, if somebody's paying you to do something and you decide to ignore part of the work, should they pay you full rate or should you just not get paid at all? Like, honestly speaking. I will like, say that anybody who does that even once, like if that's something that you like 
slip off on, slip up on every once in a while, you're probably not going to do well. So yeah, it's just not even worth it. Like it's literally written down for you. Yeah, I don't know how much more direct it can be. If hiring you as a mixer creates more friction because you're annoying or you have a bunch of ego or whatever like that, there's no reason to hire you. So um, anyway, so just, just again, the point <laughs> is to remove friction, to be easy to work with, and to do things right the first time. And if you fuck up, just say, you know what, uh, let me fix that. If there seems to be some tension that you're unaware of, just always give the constant reminder of, hey, um, I'm here to work with you, so just let me know what we need to do, and let's get it done. Yeah, I will say, though, as professionals, um, as a professional, I don't fuck up. I am Good. the quality control. Like... And, and I'm like, I'm not just like trying to be exaggerating. I'm not like exaggerating or like saying anything like this. Like, ex if you are the type of person that no shows, you know, once a year, that is way too much. That is actually already fucked up. Yeah, that's like, like, even if you're like, oh, I don't no show or like go late to meeting sometimes. Like, I only do that every once in a while. Like, that's already way too much. Yeah. That's already way too much. Um, you gotta be the type of person that nobody even can second guess. Oh, this guy's, like, he's, if they're, if they're looking at the clock and you haven't shown up yet, it's like, that you wanna be the type of person where they have absolutely no fear that you're gonna be late. You yeah. know, so it's like, just be that guy. Um, don't, don't, there's no exceptions. Just, just assume that. And as you're learning and growing, obviously you're going to make mistakes, but if and you've been doing this for 10 years and you're still fucking up and you're constantly getting asked for revisions or you like, you can't do the shit that you've been asked to do. Like, that's why, that's why probably why you're not doing as well recently. Yeah. To be honest, like there are going to be people who carry you in their good graces. And because of that, you might fuck up once. That's a bad and power like, dynamic too. No, 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 like no. You no. don't want to be the type of guy that you owe favors. No, no, no. Else. It's not the favors. It's saying that if you've been so consistent for like the last year or two with this client and you're late once and you communicated that in advance saying, hey, I'm really sorry, this happened, they might give you a pass on that one. But if it starts to become a pattern because you felt comfortable enough to repeat that, you are going to lose your client. You know, the, the good graces should not be assumed as uh, static okayness. Amen to that. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, just be a good, disciplined human being, and you will actually do well. Oh, yeah. All right. So on that note, thank you so much for listening. This camera is wigging out. I apologize. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. If you haven't already, go check out our exclusive content at mixingmusicpodcast.com slash exclusive, where you get two extra episodes every single week hidden behind a paywall for $4 a month or $40 a year. That's literally less than a single cup of coffee at Starbucks or any of your local barista shops um, for really awesome awesome uh, specific information on mixing tips that we break down. James, uh, Braden, and I break down. It's really, really helpful, I think, for anybody that's signed up. We always get new names on there, so thank you so much for shining, si signing up. If you want to support the show in a way that is completely free, uh, just rate five stars. You know, oh, yeah. whatever platform that you oh, use, yeah. Google, Apple, you know, Spotify, whatever you can. Leave us a comment on the platform stars. that you can. Yeah, leave comments, anything. Just interact in one way or another. Just say hello. Um, ask questions. We'd love to answer them. We might do another we might do more QA episodes in the future. Qua. Um, <laughs> ka. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but I, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate this. We hope that we've been helpful in helping you build a career as an audio engineer, specifically as a mixer. And uh, on that note, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy.
does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.